Amen. Well, we have a, uh, as you know or may not know, Pastor Dan is uh, heading to Israel this morning. That is exciting. Wow, it's really, it got really quiet there for a minute. Woo! He is coming back. Come on, give it up for that. Woo! Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Ryan. Wow. Well, we do have a special guest speaker this morning. Uh, let's give a warm welcome for Randy Ford. Good morning, Life Spring. Boy, a week after Easter, he's still risen, right? He is risen indeed. Amen. Wow. How many of you have young children or young grandchildren in your home or had them for Easter? Statistics say that 80% of you stole candy from your children, and shame on you. Yeah, Terry. <laughs> wow, it's good to be here. I got uh, some friends that I actually had the opportunity of marrying 10 years ago. They're my groupies, Vicky and, <laughs> Vicky and Dewey Blodgett. And it was, a, it was a wedding on the Argosy Cruise. Nobody knew they were going to get married that was there. There were 100 people there in the boat. They came out, Dewey proposed. She said yes. I said, you silly kids, when are you going to get married? And they said, well, we don't know. Yes, you want to get married now? And they said yes. And so we had a surprise wedding. It was wonderful. And they've always followed me every time I've had the opportunity to preach. So thank you. Welcome. Good to see you all. Good to see you all. Uh, most of you know that I've been on a journey health-wise for the last year, year and a half. Um, doctor put the C word on me. I refuse to say the word, but he put the C word on me about a year and a half ago. And um, uh, shattered my world for a little while. But then I started praying, and they wanted to do all kinds of radiation on me, and I just said, you know, I'm not going to go that way. After I had prayed and talked with Kathy and talked with some other folks, there's, God gave me this body, and if he can give me this body, he can heal this body. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and so I went another way. I went another way. And then went the way God and started eating different and living different and strengthening my spirit and my soul and my body. Not on my own power, but on his power. And that's where we went. And I'm so thankful for my wife because we've been on a journey. <laughs> and the redhead picked me up when I was wanting to quit. But uh, I didn't quit and neither did you. Even though we wanted to. But we're not going to do that. So today it's just kind of a... Uh, a background of just my journey for the last year and a half based on scripture, not on my own opinion, so hopefully you hang on. If I offend you, get over it. <laughs> amen. Dewey says amen. So here we go. Living a healthy life for God. I can hear you all going, oh man, I don't even like where he's going. <sighs> but that's where we're going to go. Oh, by the way, uh, please put your trays in the upright position. Fashion your seatbelt. And your seat can be used as a flotation device. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Talking about living healthy for God. In your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. That's where we're going. Okay, so hang on. Most people think that in church, especially a pastor, is not supposed to talk about losing weight or exercise. Why in the world would we do that? Or hunting or fishing from the pulpit. That kind of stuff just doesn't belong in the church, they tell us. Some people even think we're not all we're supposed to talk about is getting to heaven and making it through the rapture and, and that kind of thing. 
But the Bible is full of things about relationship, about divorce, about marriage, about uh, uh, feeding the hungry, feeding the widows and the orphans, visiting those in prison, putting clothes on those that don't have any clothes, finding housing wherever Wayne went for people that don't have housing. The Bible is full of stories like that. Some people think that talking about healthy living, healthy living is unspiritual. We don't talk about that in church. <laughs> you probably know some of those people, they go to other churches, not here at LifeSpring. They think if they want to learn about health, they go to the doctor. Years ago, we went to Life Center Church, and Fulton, Pastor Fulton Buntain said, most of the people that go to the doctor go for physical reasons, but doctors will tell you the underlying thing that the reason that they're there is because of emotional and spiritual uh, duress in their lives. And that 75% of the people that are in hospitals are in hospitals because of stress, unforgiveness, and anger. And then because of all of that, they've made choices, life choices, whatnot, to abuse their body or misuse their body, and now they're in the hospital. In the Old Testament, the people that would go to the, when they the really were, a lot of, were not a lot of physicians, but they'd go to the priest. And the priest would, they go to the priest for healing, for prayer, and then he would give them instructional uh, guidelines of how to improve their situation spiritually, mentally, and spiritually, physically, and mentally. Um, Paul, in the New Testament, this is a great verse. Let's, let's do a group, group, gee, group read on this and read with me if you can with the full voice. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? May he sanctify you completely. We need to see the connection. Our spirit, our soul, and our mind, our body, excuse me, it's all three parts, equal parts. And we got a tripod on here. Some of you, your spiritual life might be really strong. And your soul life, what you think about and what your mental part, that may be strong. But maybe your body is not so strong and so you're tipping over and it's not as balanced as it needs to be, you see? So most Christians think that their spirit is important and the body and the soul just kind of come along for the ride. It's very con God is very concerned for your body and your soul. Uh, he is concerned about your spirit. When we die and we go to heaven, we will be spirit and soul. But there will be a resurrection of our bodies and we'll live forever, God, as body, soul, and spirit. We are not going to be, church, we're not going to be floating spirits in heaven. Woo! Woo! Hi! Woo! Some people think that. We're just going to be floating around in heaven somewhere. No, we're going to have a, we're going to have a spirit, we're going to have a soul, and we're going to have a new, the Bible talks about a new glorified body. We're going to have new bodies. Hopefully it's better than this one. Look to your neighbor and say, hope it's better than this one. <laughs> we're not going to be doing that. What is our spirit? What is our spirit? Our spirit is the eternal life that's within us. When we ask Jesus to come into our heart, instantly the Holy Spirit comes in us, right? The Holy Spirit comes into us, and he's given to us to help us to have a relationship with God, our prayer life, our praise, everything that matters, to guide and direct us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And then our soul. What in the world is the soul? Soul is your personal identity. 
your DNA, your personality, our intellect, our mind, and all the emotions that kind of go along with it. And our body is what you get. It is what it is. Maybe we should pray before we go any further. <laughs> Dear Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you. Just let your word speak into us. Let us take it in. Let us be encouraged. Let us be lifted up. Let us hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Completely sanctified, that's kind of an old-fashioned word. We don't use that in the sentence very often. Sanctify you completely, though, means that God wants to bless you. Every which way. Say, God wants to bless me. Sanctify actually means to set apart for a special use. He wants to set you apart, spirit, soul, and body, for a special use. And to make us holy. But we have come to think that holy only refers to the spiritual side. But holy refers to our mind, what we think about, and our bodies. Holiness, this is cool. Holiness refers to our spirits, our bodies, and holiness refers to wholeness. We're complete. We're whole with God. We're not just this fragmented thing, but we're wholeness with God. God is not interested. God is just not interested in blessing you spiritually again. He wants to bless every area of our life. Paul is praying that just our spirits, is not praying that our spirits be conformed, but again, we're a whole man. Some of us will say, well, I'm, I go to church and I do that and I, I you know, I'm, I'm faithful and I pray and do all the spiritual things. But my body is what my body is. And I don't care what you say, I'm going to do whatever I want, I want to eat whatever I want, I'm going to, and then it's my body. And sometimes we think the same way as with our mind. What are we putting in our mind? Are we putting in things of praise and worthy, worthiness and, and being thankful to God? Or are we watching CNN news or Fox News on all the time? Or you listen to talk radio? What is coming into your, into your mind? And so it's, uh, it's, it's just not true. That it doesn't matter what goes on in our bodies or mind. That's not true. We are the total spirit, soul, and body again. Until we are right with God and our spirits, nothing else in our lives matters. If we get the spirit right, then the, then the soul's going to come along. Then the body's going to come along. But if you try to go backwards, it's not going to work so well. We can't do it on our own. The journey that I've been on for the last year and a half, I could not do it on my own. I needed God. I needed His direction. I needed the redhead. I needed all of you coming up to me and praying for me and saying, I know you know, I'm praying for you. And in the beginning, you come up and you'd ask me, how are you doing? Then I'd kind of go through the thing of what's going on lately as far as the doctor and all that. You know, I got sick and tired of that. I got sick and tired of that. I'm a child of the Most High God. He, he brought me into this world and when it's time for me to go, it's time for me to go. But in the meantime, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to praise him with every breath that I have. And I don't care. So when you ask me how I'm doing, and some of you know that I would go through the doctor's report. But now when I, you come up and say, how are you doing? I say, I am healthy. I am healed. I am well in Jesus' name. How about you? <laughs> how about you? I'm healthy. I'm healed. I'm well in Jesus' name. How about you? Just saying that changes the whole atmosphere of the thing. Woo!
<laughs> oh boy, thank you for all your prayers. But man, that's where I'm going. That's, that's what God has instilled in me. I'm a child of the Most High God. He's not done with me yet. And when it's done, Dan said it last week, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. It's an old song we used to sing in the church. I'm not going to sing it. But uh, <laughs> well, almost with it. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> oh, let me give you a couple verses. There they are. Third John, verses, chapter 1, verse 2. This is John writing, he says, I pray that all is well with you and your body is healthy as I know your soul is. That's kind of a backwards verse. He's saying, I pray all is well with you and that your body is healthy like your soul. So backwards, he says, I know your soul is well. <laughs> I know your soul is well, but what about your body? Is your body okay? Even back in the first century, people didn't take care of their bodies maybe as well as they should have. He says, how's your body? How's your spirit? I know your soul is good, but how's your, how's your body and how's your spirit? And then in Proverbs, is up there, don't depend on your own wisdom. Wisdom, that's your soul. That's your soul. That's your mind. Respect the Lord. Worship the Lord. That's your spirit. And then what will happen? Your body will be healthy and your bones will be strong. Somebody say strong bones. Strong bones. There you go. Strong bones. Healthy people eat healthy food. Now this is where you're all going to go, oh, no, he's going to talk about broccoli. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk about broccoli. Well, maybe I will. But anyway, healthy people eat healthy food. I had to learn this. I've eaten the great American diet for years and years and years. Just like you. I finally came to the thing where I had a wake-up call and I go, that's it. And I don't get it right all the time, believe me. But the message in 1 Corinthians 6, 6, 13 says this way. You know the old saying, first you eat to live, and then you live to eat, and then you die. No, that's not in there. Well, your body is only temporary. Say temporary. But that's no excuse for either stuffing your mouth, your body, with food, or indulging, and it's or, not and, or indulging it with sexual immorality. Since the Lord honored you with your body, now it's time to honor you, honor him with your body. It's easy to do, easy to say, and it's easy not to do. So I started to think, all right, this food stuff, and uh, you know, I've eaten more fruits and vegetables and spinach in the last year and a half than anybody should have to. Hmm. <laughs> But I thought, where in the world is the first time that the Bible talks about food? What kind of food? Where does it start? All the way back to the book of Genesis. And in Genesis 1, 11 through 12, it says this. And God said, let the land produce vegetation. That's the grasses, that's wheat, that's barley. Seed-bearing plants and trees of the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And then it goes on to say, and so... 
the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seeds in it according to their kind. And God said, me make good. Me make fire. No, that's Tom Hanks and Castaway. No, he said, it was good. It was good. I argue with God. I don't want to eat fruits and vegetables and that kind of stuff and broccoli. But that's what the first thing that God made for us to use is food that's natural. And then he made, then in verse 29, he's made Adam and Eve now. Adam and Eve are on the planet and he's walking through the garden with Adam and Eve. And, and um, he says, hey, Adam, Eve, you guys come here. I want to talk to you for a second. He said, and God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth. And every tree that has fruit with seed in it. What's the last six words say? They will be your food. They will be yours for food. I don't think I've ever saw that. I don't think I ever wanted to see that. But that's the way it is. That's what he gave us first. Then he said we'll have dominion over the animals and the fish and the birds of the air and everything else in creation. He didn't say that they would be food. They can be food. But he said what's really the food is what I make for you. What I make for you to encourage, to build your spirit, to build your soul, to build your body. Daniel, just a quick illustration. Daniel in the Bible, King Nebuchadnezzar came in from Babylon, invaded Judah, uh, killed the king, wiped the town out, and then took the brightest, the smartest, the youngest, and the Bible says the prettiest young men, and took them back to Babylon. Because he wanted them to be in the kingdom. He wanted to train them up to how to be work in the kingdom. And uh, Daniel is saying, and the king said, here, eat all the food that I eat. Eat all this rich, fat food. Drink all the wine you want, right? Eat all this stuff. And Daniel looked at him and said, I can't do that. He said, can you bring me a whole bunch of fruits and vegetables and all the water I can drink? And the guy said, no, you know, I really can't do that. He said, if I go to the king and tell him, you don't want to eat the food that I want to give you, he's going to take my head off. And Daniel said, please, I can't eat this food. And the guy said, okay, I'll make you a deal. Daniel said, just for 10 days. 10 days, 10 days. The guy said, okay. So he, him and Daniel's three buddies brought him a whole bunch of fruits and vegetables. And he came back, and look what it says in Daniel 1.5. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the other young men who had been eating food assigned by the king. All the delicacies, all the fat food, all the country gravy, <laughs> they looked better. Their skin, their hair, their face. They looked, had, had peace on their lives. They looked healthy. Okay, quick survey. On a scale of one to five. On a scale of one to five, and don't be poking your neighbor. On a scale of one to five, how would you rank five being the best, one not so good? How would you rank your spiritual health on a scale of one to five? You got an answer? Okay, my question is, is your spirit a temple of the Holy Spirit? Or is it not so much? <laughs> Do you see that picture? Is it need of repair? Is, is there a, a lot of remodel work to be done? 
Same question for your soul. How's your soul? Your mental health? What you look at? What you think at? Your emotions? How's your, how's your, uh, how's your soul health? Is it like a temple? Or is it like that? Pretty startling, huh? Now, how about your body? Point to your neighbor, talk to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you now. Go ahead. <laughs> Look at your other neighbor and say, he's getting personal now. <laughs> your body health, one to five, how are you doing? One to five. Be honest. Are you a temple of the Holy Spirit? Or are you in need of a massive remodel? Not a massive. What do they call that, a home improvement? What's the one that uh, the folks in Texas, fixer-upper. Yeah, you need, your body needs a little fixer-upper. Is that a word? All right, help me out. Healthy people think healthy thoughts. Your mind. We've got to get your mind going, thinking good thoughts. Luke 11.34 says it this way. This is good. This is out of the message. It says, no one lights a lamp that hides it in a drawer. It's put on a lampstand so those entering the room have light to see where they're going. Quick question. When you enter a room, when you go down Safeway, do people sense Jesus in you? Do they sense the Holy Spirit in you? Do they know that there's something about you without you saying a word? Is there a light coming out of you that's the Holy Spirit? It's the presence of Jesus in you? Well, that's a side note. Your eyes a lamp lighting up the whole body. If you live wild-eyed with wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. Here's the other side of it, though. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, and I go back to Pastor Fulton Montaigne, with anger, distrust, bitterness in your life, uh, your body is a dank, dark cellar. It's not a fun place to be. Then it goes on to say, keep your eyes open. Keep your life burning so you won't get musty and murky, but keep your life as well lighted as your best lighted room. Let the presence of Jesus, let the light of Jesus come out of you. Wow. Proverbs 4 says, my child, pay attention. To what we are just talking about, listen carefully. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate. Let those words penetrate into our mind and our soul. They bring life to those that find them and healing to the whole body. Say, healing to the whole body. You getting that? You getting that? To the whole body. Guard your heart above all else as far as what you let come in, as far as your thought life, and, and that determines the course of your life. Be careful what you think because your thoughts rule your mind. Rule your mind. Romans 12.2 says it this way. Don't copy the behavior of the customs of this world, but let God transform you, amen, into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing. 1 Corinthians. Know ye not, know ye not, you are the temple. That's an old song I used to sing in Sunday school. Don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who's li who lives in you and has given you by God, you do not belong to yourself. This is Paul writing. He's almost shaking his finger at the Corinthians. He's shaking his finger in a nice way. He's smiling when he's shaking his finger. Don't you guys realize, like a coach, don't you guys realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? 
God's given that to you. And you don't belong to yourself. Again, are you a temple? Are you needing a little repair? I'm going to give you credit for being that it's a temple. Doesn't that look good? Healthy people manage their energy. This is just a couple of points that I've learned on my journey. Uh, like I said, I've had 50, 60 years of learning how to eat the great American diet the wrong way. You know what is good for you, and you also know what you shouldn't be messing with so much. And if you're going back for second or thirds, <laughs> uh, because it just tastes good, you're not doing yourself any favor. That's an, that's an opinion. Eat the rainbow. What I've learned is to eat the rainbow. I hate the rainbow. I don't want to eat the rainbow. Some of you are sitting there with your arms folded. I don't want to hear this. But eat the rainbow as much as possible. Here's the other one that I've learned the hard way. Reduce sugar, white flour, and salt as much as possible. We're going to get into the sugar. <laughs> There's people shaking their head. There's people shaking their head at that. No, we're, we like our sugar and our flour, but we eat so much of it. I'm going to get into that in just a second. Drink plenty of water. Drink plenty of water. Some people say, I don't drink water. I, you know, I, can't, I can't taste water. I want, I want, I want my so, so, soda pop and whatever. Take your weight, divide it in half, and that's how many ounces of fluids you should be drinking every day. So if, if you're a 200-pound man, that's 100 pounds, so that's 100 ounces. If you're a woman, 135 pounds. <laughs> Forgive me, dear Jesus. <laughs> Whatever the number is, divide by half, that's your number. That's how many ounces of fluid you should be drinking. The other side is exercise. You've got to move. Every day you've got to move. We all sit at a desk or sit behind a wheel. Some of us are in construction, but we've got to move. We've got to move. And if you're sitting at a desk, you commute, and then you sit behind a desk, get up and move, even if you stand and you're talking on the phone for five minutes. That'd be 40 minutes of movement at your desk, but we sit the whole time. And the medical people are now saying that sitting the way we do all day long, 12, 14, 15 hours a day, is worse than smoking. It's worse than smoking because we don't move, we don't breathe, we don't have any movement at all. It's actually worse than smoking. And I don't want... You know, if you smoke and you sit a lot, <laughs> forgive me again, dear Jesus. Get up and move. Get some proper rest. We, this, I'm talking about me. We go, go, go. Have all this energy. We go, go, go. Then we stay up until midnight or one o'clock, and then we get up at six o'clock. We only get like three, four, or five hours. Try to get eight or nine hours. It'll make a difference. Your complexion, the way you look at life, the way you go through life, get to sleep. And finally, have a Sabbath day. We don't do that. Modern Christians, we don't have a Sabbath. Too much. Some of our folks that have this building on, on, uh, on Saturdays, Seventh-day Adventists, they celebrate the Sabbath. But to make time every day where you're quiet and alone, praying to God, sometimes just... And I've got to the point... I've had to learn this the hard way. Hmm. I try to have time every morning, every morning, and I go in and put some music on that's soft, and I just sit there and I rock. 
and I pray. I just thank God. And then I just get quiet in the presence of God and just let Him bathe over me. Let Him bathe over me and to take the time to not focus on anything. Maybe I'm praying about you and praying about my family and praying about the pastor and praying about this. But just to be quiet. Just to be quiet. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Do it. Do it. Okay. Psalms 27.2 says it this way about working and being at your desk all the time. It says, it's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing that you're going to starve to death. If God wants his loved ones, he wants his loved ones to get the proper rest. Amen? Amen. First Timothy, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. Quick question. What do you think Jesus ate? What do you think Jesus ate? What kind of food did Jesus ate? Remember, there was no grocery store. There was no 7-Eleven. There was no big gulps. There was no refrigerators. There was no ice. There was no prepackaged foods. There was no chips. There was no pretzels. There was no Oreo cookies. How in the world did those folks ever survive? But he didn't have that. But what did he have? And it applies now. Jesus ate, I hate to tell you, a plant-based diet. That's what it said back in Genesis, right? Genesis 1, 11 and 12. Plant-based diet, whole grains, wheat and barley. Really good bread and rolls because it doesn't have that white flour stuff in it. Beans and lentils, fruits like pomegranates and grapes. Also the juice that comes from the grapes. Figs, dates, herbs, vegetables, nuts, seeds, all that kind of stuff. Olive oil and olives. Honey. John the Baptist ate honey and locusts out in the wilderness. Honey is actually a really good source of energy food by itself. Uh, and then fish. A little bit of fish. A little bit of lamb. And uh, I found it in one of the other smaller versions of the Bible. Every once in a great while, a double cheeseburger... Pete's nodding, he said yes, a double cheeseburger, no french fries, no coke, and no bacon, but a double cheeseburger once in a, <laughs> once in a while. Dear Jesus, forgive me again. <laughs> okay. Sugar, and some of you shaked your head when I was talking about sugar, but the medical people call sugar, salt, and white flour the white death. Do you know that white flour, unbleached white flour, they take the weakest part of the grain of wheat, they grind that up under heat and pressure, then they hit it with chlorine gas. They hit it with chlorine dioxide or peroxide dioxide to make it white and fluffy, and all the nutrients are taken out of your white flour. Then they put nutrients back in that are man-made. <laughs> and you wonder why they call it Wonder Bread. It's a wonder bread. <laughs> all the sugar we eat I had to learn this the hard way but it has so many health problems and some of you are in the medical field you know high blood pressure obesity diabetes cholesterol problems digestive problems with the, the stomach and the gut dental disease 
the incidence of crowns and um, crowns and root canals in children under 14 is skyrocketing. And you open yourself when your immune system is down, then you open yourself for serious disease to enter in. Do you know? Do you know, my friends? The average American consumption of sugar in the 1700s it was four pounds, four pounds a year. In the 1700s, in the 1800s, jumped up to 18 pounds of sugar a year. In the early 1900s, it was 90 pounds of sugar a year that the average American consumes. According to the USDA, the United States Department of Agriculture, the average amount of sugar consumption in the United States is, wait for it, how much? You want to guess? Average consumption of sugar in the United States in 2016. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. 168 pounds of sugar a year. And you said, there's no way I do that. It's in everything we eat besides the sugar, besides... You shop in the middle aisles, everything has sugar. Everything has salt. Everything has white flour. Then plus what we drink in, in the, the occasional maple bar. <laughs> 168 pounds of sugar that's 14 pounds a month that's three pounds a week and we wonder why we're not feeling as good as we need to and we got different kinds of things coming at us health-wise 168 pounds a year some of you say well I only eat 55 pounds <laughs> somebody over here is eating 390 pounds but 168 pounds average that we're putting into the temple of the Holy Spirit how much is that? If you lived to be 80 and you ate that much sugar, one, you'd be overweight and you wouldn't have a tooth in your head. Maybe. But if you lived to be 80 and you ate that much sugar, how much would that be if you lived to be 80 years old? Math, math, math. 12,500 pounds that you and me would eat until the age of 80 of sugar. 12,500 pounds. That's six tons. Six tons of sugar. You know what six tons looks like? When you go out of church, there's going to be a whole bunch of pickup trucks going around in a circle. And they're all going to be loaded in the bed with sugar. Twelve pickup trucks full of sugar going around in a circle is how much sugar you and I are going to eat. We're poisoning ourselves. I'm learning. We're eating way too much, even though it tastes so good. We're poisoning ourselves, and we don't need to have that much sugar to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. How are we doing that time? Okay, I gotta move along. This is a little glass. It's got uh, 16 of these little baggies of sugar, which is a teaspoon of sugar. So I just got a question. If I took the sugar out and put it in there, put some uh, coffee in there and stirred it up and put a little uh, uh, carbonated water in there and stirred it up to 16 teaspoons, how many of you say, yeah, I'd, I'd go for that, I'd drink some of that? Anybody? Honestly? Anybody would do this? Drink 16 teaspoons of sugar? Well, take a look at this. I don't know, can you read how many, how many sugar grams there are? Yeah, 65. 65. You know what 65 is? They put all the sugar in, in, in grams because you don't know what the heck is a gram because we don't need anything about metric. Take the 65 divided by 4. It's 16 teaspoons of sugar in a 20-ounce Coke. That's how much sugar you're drinking every time you have a Coca-Cola. 
And if you go to the restaurant and they give you free refills, now you just added another 16 and another. You had three Cokes, you've had like 50 teaspoons of sugar. Mountain Dew, the young people like to eat Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, and they're tricking their label because it looks like it's only 31 grams. But the serving is eight ounces, so then you go, oh. And so you actually go 2.5 times that. So it's 77 grams of sugar in a Mountain Dew, which is 19 teaspoons. Some of the young people eat, and some of you folks eat Rockstar. Drink a Rockstar. Same thing. 16 teaspoons of sugar. Stop it. Look what it says in the bright yellow. What does it say? High caffeine content. There's two and a half cups of caffeine in a rock star. That's why it gets you all jacked up. Some of you say, well, I don't drink those drinks, but I go to Starbucks with my girlfriends. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. <laughs> I just go, why am I doing that voice? Anyway, Starbucks. You order cafe mocha. Coffee and mocha. You go, I, I don't want, I, I want the non-fat milk. And they said, well, do you want a little cream with that? Well, okay, just a little whipped cream. That's 11. 11 of these guys with a coffee and mocha. So here's a picture of me a year ago. Wow, what a big boy. <laughs> That's what I looked like a year before I started on my journey. I'd let myself go. I was five foot nine, at least I think I was. And I was 240 plus pounds. I was a cheerful little chubby guy, but that's what I looked at. So I went to the, um, I went to Safeway and asked the manager, I said, can I take a couple pictures of sugar and flour? And I said, sure. So here's the picture of 50 pounds, 50 pounds of flour and 50 pounds of sugar. And I just took the picture. If you eat that 168 pounds, you'll eat 34 bags of sugar in your lifetime. But there's 10 of them. So there was the picture there. But I want to tell you, because of God working in me and the redhead keeping me on track and getting serious about who my spirit is all about and what my soul is about and what this body is about, and the 50 pounds is the 50 pounds. I weighed 240 plus. I weigh now 290 plus. So with God's help, I've dropped 50 pounds. And there's a split screen. <laughs> Big guy, skinnier guy. I'm so glad God is in my life and so glad His Spirit is in me. I'm still here, so are you. He's not done with you yet. You all know my saying, every day is a precious gift from God, dot, dot, dot. What's the rest of it? Tear it, Tear it open. It's a paraphrase of Psalms 118, 24. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Look, I'm older than almost everybody in the room. If I can do this with God's help, so can you. I had to ask God to help me every single day, step by step, step by step to strengthen my spirit, my soul, and my body. And I want to encourage you, let you know, no matter where you're at with your spirit, your soul, and your body, God is willing and able to do the same thing for you. We just need to ask for his help. There's a couple of verses to conclude with. Spirit, a, verse, a great verse about our spirit and how to strengthen our spirit. 
Galatians 5, 22, 23. And it says, but when the Holy Spirit, when the Holy, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When we let the Holy Spirit control us, he produces this kind of fruit in us. Regarding the soul, Philippians 4.8 says this. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, this is what we think about. This is our emotions. This is what we let come into our brain and our mind and our emotions. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Let the things, the good things, the praise come in. Shut the world off. Shut the politics off. Shut the news off. Shut your negative thinking off. And let God enter in. And finally, your body. So whether, what, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, say the last words with me. Do it for the glory of God. Do it for the glory of God. Amen. 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 Praise God. One question. You just say, Pastor Randy, there's part of my life. It says whether it's in my spirit life or whether it's in my soul life or it's with my body. There's parts that I'm struggling and I can't do it by myself. And God, I need you to help me. And if that's you this morning, just close your eyes for a second. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor Randy, just pray for me. Pray for me. easy to do and it's easy not to do but Lord if that's you this morning just say yeah Pastor Randy pray for me there's part of my 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 being that's not quite where it needs to be and I just want it to be there and I want you to pray for me if that's you this morning just raise your hand real quick saying yeah that's me yep 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 praise God praise God <laughs>